0: Healthy competition sort of elevates everybody's game. It also sort of primes your customers.
1: Welcome back to Drip, a DC coffee podcast. I'm your host, Austin Brower. Episodes have been few and far between over the last couple of months as we have built out a few mini series and a new partnership. Over the next few months, we will have a full schedule of episodes. And in regards to the partnership, I'm excited to announce that DC Drip is now a resident of 202 Creates. 202 Creates is an initiative out of the DC government that promotes and amplifies the district's creative economy. This means that we can leverage a full podcast studio and sound engineer to bring you, dear listener, more coffee stories with reliable audio. The following episode is from a conversation I had with John Kepner, owner and operator of Zeke's Coffee. Zeke's Coffee DC is a small batch coffee roastery specializing in organic, fair trade, and sustainable Arabica beans. They feature single-origin varietals and create custom blends. John details how Zeke's Coffee came to be, the intriguing structure of the Zeke's organization, and what exactly a Zeke is. So without further ado, sit back, grab your cup of coffee, and enjoy the episode. How's it going, John? Doing great. It's good to be down here. It's 202 Creates. There you go. Thanks for coming down. And I guess we'll just start off. So I already said your first name, but I hear your last name is not Zeke. It is not, in fact, Zeke. No, no, no. Zeke, uh, everybody asks is
0: Definitely in the top three most asked questions. But uh, Zeke is a family nickname. So okay. it came from my grandfather, and he called everybody in his inner circle Zeke. So you knew if he called you Zeke, things were good. And if you used your actual name, then, you know, something might be off. So you wanted to stay on the good side, you were a Zeke. So in a way, you know, we're all Zeke. That's sort of like the Zen way of looking at it. We're all Zekes.
1: <laughs> oh, nice. And so were you a Zeke before you were a Zeke? Were you in the uh, inner yeah, circle?
0: That everybody in my family called each other Zeke. It was like, hey, man. Hey, bro. Hey, dude. You know, it was just like, hey, Zeke. What's up? Hey, Zeke. <laughs> so, yep. So we were all Zekes, you know, as long as you're on the right side of the law.
1: There you go. Some fun lore to the beginning of the podcast. There we go. Um, But real excited you're here today. I know we were just talking earlier that it's taken us really probably like a year and a half now. We met at Baltimore Coffee Fest in 2017. Yeah. It's been a while, huh? Uh, Yeah. Appreciate your persistence. (laughs) No, I appreciate your persistence. But um, I guess just to kick us off, would really love to hear a little more about your coffee journey in particular.
0: Sure, sure, yeah, you know, I got into coffee like everybody probably, you know, I think there was like this place to see live music in my hometown. So it was like the underage club was a coffee shop, you know, you go see like, punk bands and drink espresso. So that was sort of like my high school days. And that was just about getting it down to like feel cool when you were like a 16 year old kid heading out to hear some music. Yeah. Um, You know, and then, uh, you know, in college you drank whatever swill was around to stay up late enough and, you know, write all your term papers. But uh, I really got into good coffee uh, down here in D.C. You know, Zeke's is a family business. Mm. So I was down here in D.C., and uh, my family up in Baltimore, specifically my uncle uh, Thomas, was into coffee. He was working in the Baltimore coffee mm-hmm. scene, started off in uh, cafes, went into roasting you know, for other roasters, and then ended up starting his own roastery. And once he got off the ground up there and opened the first Zeke's location, the original Zeke's in Baltimore, he hit me up because uh, you know he got pretty big into the farmer's market scene mm-hmm. up there. You know, Zeke's at the Baltimore's farmer's market is sort of an institution, you know, we have to put out these, like, partitions, you know, like you're waiting in line to get into a club on Sunday morning, um, because we'd get such a nice line there at the JFX farmer's market. So I guess uh, the word kind of got around and a bunch of markets in the DC area started asking if we wanted to come down here and do markets. He reached out to me and I had been going up there a little bit to just help out with the family business, picked up some farmer's market gigs as a hobby. And he really got into coffee, drinking all our different coffees, sort of thought of myself as, you know, like a coffee sommelier. Cause you know, when you're at a farmer's market, you have to, Think of a million different ways to describe 30 versions of the same product, you know, with all the slight nuances between them. So just really got into that aspect of it, just learning the differences between different regions, Mm -hmm. you know, different processing methods and also different roasts. Zeke's has always been A coffee shop that has, you know, done everything from nice, bright, fruity, light roasts Mm -hmm. to, you know, rich, dark, bold coffees as well. So just figuring out, you know, sort of how those three things played together was really fun. And since it wasn't my day job, it was just super cool, like, to pick something new up and do that. So did that for a while and then we decided rather than sort of going the traditional model where you know you have one roastery that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and Mm -hmm. serving new cities and and markets we said you know let's do things a little differently because what we really liked about what we were doing was that sort of like customer interaction where you you knew a lot of your customers or at least the ones that wanted to talk coffee you could talk coffee with right they could come by your shop, they could come by your farmer's market, and, you know, you could really, really get into it. And it was a lot of fun. And we thought, you know, that's something you could lose by just having more delivery trucks, right, yeah. with bigger gas tanks. So we said... Instead of just yeah. you and your car, right? Yeah, Coming right. Coming down from uh, Baltimore. <laughs> so we got talking about it and um, thought it would be cool to open up roasteries wherever we are and, and now there are three cities where we operate and it's basically three cities where we have family because like i said it's a family business we have our original operation in baltimore mm-hmm. and then my uh, another cousin of mine opened up a shop in pittsburgh and uh, started roasting out there and i opened up our dc roastery in 2013 so, yeah, took about a, I guess about a year to get off the ground after I quit my, uh, my old day job and, okay. uh, found the spot on Rhode Island Avenue and got that place opened, uh, like I said, in 2013. Convinced my wife that I should quit gainful employment and we should throw our life savings into this and, uh, convinced one of my buddies to quit his job yeah. and, uh, come with me. And, you know, I guess, uh, you know, the rest is history for us. We've been, uh, loving it ever since. Nice. Having, having a good time.
1: What was that equation going on in your head to launch a a roastery in D.C.?
0: You know, it was kind of funny. At the time, I mean, obviously, you know, Swings has been around D.C. forever. Mm -hmm. There weren't a lot of other roasteries yet. At least when I quit my job, there weren't. I felt like from the time I quit my job to the time we opened, I mean, I knew Vigilante from farmer's markets, Mm -hmm. and I had never heard of Compass Coffee at the time. You know, they hadn't really got started yet, but between the time... I quit my job and got the shop open. Compass was about to open. La Cologne was coming in. You know, there was a lot more roasters with a presence in DC. You know, there's a lot more going on. So at the time, you know, we just thought this is fun. We're having a blast doing the farmers market thing. And we wanted to, you know, we wanted to keep it local. We don't want to have Baltimore coffee in DC. We want to have DC coffee in DC. So the business side of it, that's why we wanted to move down here. Mm -hmm. And personally, you know, I just thought this was one of the most fun hobbies i'd ever had like why not turn your your favorite hobby into a job right so i mean if you can do it i highly recommend it right so um we're like let's make this thing happen you know it was one of those i was just sitting with my wife one night and we were like we can't not do this you know this is just too great of an opportunity it'll be fun it'll be good for us it'll be good for our family we thought you know being in the coffee business, like like my extended family, just seemed like the fun, exciting thing to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, kind of one of the other things I do in the city is one million cups, and we talk yeah. to a lot of entrepreneurs, and then also just through the podcast, talking to a lot of coffee entrepreneurs. You are all my heroes because I can't imagine just kind of leaving your job and pursuing a passion that you don't really know the outcomes, even if you know that there's great opportunities. So you're kind of an inspiration to myself and I imagine a lot of others.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, for us, obviously we want to be the best we can be, but it just also made a lot of sense personally. You know, I like doing something that you love it's good for your whole family. You know yeah. I mean? I wanted to tell my kids I was doing something I was excited about when they say like, you know, cause when you have kids and we were just starting to have kids when we decided to do this, right? Two kids now, but we were just getting started, uh, you know, with the fam and you know, when they, your kids always want to ask you like, why are you leaving? Like, (laughs) why do you have to go somewhere? You know, I can't just, you know, you explain work to them. But you know, to have to say, you know, you're doing something that you're not excited about would be really difficult, you know, to talk about, you know, something that's exciting to you just seemed kind of like a no brainer. And uh, yeah, you know, and like I said, it's, it's working with family too, which is, you know, I mean, obviously, it has its ups and downs, but way more ups than downs, you know, and uh, at the end of the day, you can't ever have those blow-ups with your coworkers because they're your family, yeah, too. Yeah. So if, you, if you've got a blow-up, you're going to see them at the next family reunion. <laughs> we always make sure that you know if we have a difference of opinion, you know we can always come to an agreement because yeah. we really enjoy
1: working together. Huh. Uh, and do you mind talking uh, more about the structure a little more? So I, I know I've talked to you and your, I think your cousin or your uncle? A yeah, lot probably my uncle.
0: Yeah, he's kind of the baby of his generation. Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. yeah okay. Big beard, you have know, full sleeves, yeah. But there's
1: um, um, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, D.C. Yep. They're all the same brand but different entities themselves.
0: Yep, yep. We technically are three different businesses that sort of operate as one. So three cooperative businesses. Okay. Um, the idea was to sort of keep that local flavor with the coffee. I mean, the scene in Baltimore versus D.C. is so different. And yeah. it was even more so five years ago, right? Also, Do you mind sharing a little more about that? Um, I think uh, the farmer's markets are different, for one. You know, um, like I said, we, all three of the Zeke's locations got our start by selling coffee at farmer's markets, mm-hmm. you know. Baltimore scene is seen as like one giant farmer's market. You know, I mean, there's two or three, you know, pretty big ones, but yeah. that serve the whole city. People sort of travel from, you know, the burbs and the city and meet up at this one central farmer's market. Whereas D.C. has like a million different neighborhood farmer's markets. And we've noticed a difference in just what people are going for. You huh. know, um, in Baltimore, we might sell one type of coffee maybe twice as much of a certain type of coffee than we do in D.C. And it's nice. It just keeps you nimble. You can sort of stay on top of, you know, what people are looking for.
1: And sorry to cut you off there, what, um, I guess, what taste profile does D.C. typically like? And have you seen certain profiles move from, like, East Coast in Mm -hmm. or the opposite? I mean, I think D.C., there's
0: more of a third wave influence in D.C. for sure. And, you know, we've sort of always thought of Zeke's as sort of no wave coffee. Okay. We always joke that Zeke doesn't judge, you know? Like, I've been to coffee shops. Coffee shops I love, right, that hide the cream or, like, don't let people put sugar in unless they they ask. And, you know, we say, you know... You're going out to get a cup of coffee. I mean, you could get Folgers, right? If you wanted to keep it cheap, you could get Folgers. But you're coming out, you're spending a premium on a pound or a cup of coffee. Enjoy it, right? It's just like, you know, nobody wants to go to a bar and be judged because they got the drink that wasn't like in fashion, right? So we're not going to judge people. You know, we're going to try to create a product for everybody. And that's sort of been part of our... Our model is to just offer a huge amount of coffee relative to our size. And because we have a small roaster, we can do that. You know, we're not roasting on a full bag roaster. You know, we're roasting, our roaster does anywhere between seven and 25 pounds. Okay. So we can roast a lot of different coffees and keep it fresh, you know, and move it in the time frame that we want to move it. And by having that, you know, variety, it's something that our customers like that we might not be able to do if we, you know, had a more rigid structure. So yeah, when we came to DC, you know, one thing we noticed was, right, that because of sort of you know, differences in coffee culture you know we had a lot more demand for the lighter end of our spectrum hmm. more single origins less blends that's not to say that you know blends aren't still really popular in dc they are but the differences between the cities that's you know something we noticed yeah. that people were really interested in tasting those differences in the different coffee growing regions and while they do get excited about new blends um you know we You know, just wanted to keep it dialed in to what people were asking for. And, you know, it just gave us the opportunity to do that.
1: Oh, that's brilliant. And so it sounds like you can kind of learn and collaborate with the other Zeeks. What type of mechanisms are in place for collaboration and and, and, lots
0: of uh we do meetings so we we call them our summits where we all show up in the same city yep the three zeeks come together the three locations and we hash things out you know because there always is a balance between being different enough to serve our local markets but also being cohesive enough to be a single brand Mm -hmm. you know we have sort of signature blends and some core i guess we call them like our core single origins like the stuff we sell a lot of at uh, different wholesale places. You know, those we try to keep some, you know, consistency, but we also like to have a lot of other local varietals in each town that are sort of more dialed into the the local neighborhoods and Mm. communities. So... We have the summits, the summits are fun. And okay. uh, you know, it always ends uh, ends with some camaraderie. So that, <laughs> okay. that's good. And um, drinking a lot of coffee, Yeah, of lots of coffee, yeah. lots of coffee. But when you drink that much coffee, you need something to bring you, you down. Gotta, after, gotta so, a bit. so the meetings always end uh, with a trip to the bar. Okay. So it's just nice because you get to take people out in your town. So you yeah. bring all of our Pittsburgh and Baltimore brethren down here and take them out to, you know, something in DC. Nice. And then vice versa, we get to check out their scene. So that's fun building a lot on google docs just a lot of shared databases and drives to compare you know so if pittsburgh gets a great new bean that they're really excited about they say hey you know we've got this a great tanzanian bean right now it's from this farm we can sort of check it out figure out exactly which bean where they're getting it and um, we roast it and We're not getting the tasting notes that they are. So just, you know, ways to compare, Yeah. you know, how are you guys roasting this bean? Well, we just pulled this out of it and try this. And then maybe they tweak their roasting a little bit. So it's nice. We can be in different towns using slightly different equipment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it helps us work together and get you know the best flavors out of our beans and we all have air roasters which is unique right in the mm-hmm. coffee industry but they're all different models so yeah. different ones will more easily pull out different flavors so you can collaborate with each other and pull out different things sometimes you know you'll just it kind of blows your mind you know we'll be drinking the same bean we'll get a, you know a bag from baltimore and we're like mm-hmm. wow this is totally different than what we're doing with this and just sort of play around with it so that's cool
1: yeah that's yeah. really neat. I was actually at a a brewery called Three Notch Uh a couple weeks ago and I was thinking about you guys because they have pretty good beer but they have multiple different places that each have different head brewers and then they like share the same kind Mm -hmm. of lager and whatnot but then they let the other people kind of be more creative with their brews. and I was like, oh, that seems similar to Zeke's.
0: That's sort of what we're doing, yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. So in D.C. you guys have your your shop up in Northeast, right? Yep, yeah, Rhode Island Um, Avenue, Woodridge. And where else can people find Zeke's in the city? Well, we opened up our second shop, uh, and we
0: are right downtown by the Treasury on 15th Street. So a couple blocks from the White House. It's uh, on 15th between H and New
1: York. Okay. Kind of by Old Ebbett, right?
0: Yeah, about a block or two north of Old Ebbett. It's uh, the Woodward Building. Mm -hmm. So it's right across from um, Union Trust. Uh, which is a spot that has
1: uh, been blowing up lately. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, congratulations. Yeah. Because that was kind of a long time coming, right? You yeah.
0: Are- you know, I mean, we've been looking around for for a spot. You know, we've been, um, you know, we're roasting. Um, we've got, I mean, we love our spot on Rhode Island. It's sort of like the heart and soul of our D.C. operation. But we still had some sort of room in the cup, right? With what we could, um, you know, <laughs> what we could roast at that spot, yeah. you know? So we wanted to try something new and we thought this spot is great. It's in a neighborhood where people live and, you know, have or with their families. So we thought let's try something different, just, you know, yeah. keep things interesting. So let's go to where people are working. So. Through actually through the farmers markets, we met up with uh, Pleasant Pops, mm-hmm. the owner of Pleasant Pops, uh, and I got to talking because we were actually positioned right next to each other at the uh, Dupont Circle Market. Okay, so uh, we got to talking, and for you know various reasons, he was looking to move out of downtown, and uh, we were looking to move in somewhere you know where folks were working. So he said, "This sounds like a a golden opportunity." So we uh, we took over a spot that they had been running and converted it into uh, Zeke's Coffee Cafe. You know, we don't do any roasting there, of course. We're, you know, smack in the middle of downtown. But uh, it was a good spot for us to, you know, be able to sell our 40-plus, you know, retail pounds and get some of our coffee into uh, the hands of the downtown office crowd which is great because you know we talked to a bunch of people who are like man you got us at the beginning and the end of my commute now you know and it's like oh hey glad we can be a service we'll wake you up in the morning and keep you gone in the afternoon right
1: (laughs) that's awesome that's really neat i you were kind enough to invite me kind of when you guys opened, yeah and then i've gone by a couple times and I always see bikers in there. I see people in suits. And so it seems like yeah, a, real it's a good crowd a lot of people.
0: I feel like we've always, you know, been able to get a nice diverse customer base. You know, our Rhode Island shop has been a great meeting place and mm-hmm. um, it's kind of a fun place to come grab a cup of coffee because it is the space where we're doing our roasting. Yeah. So anytime you come out to Rhode Island Avenue, you're sitting down to like have a cup of coffee and you'll see all of us buzzing around like a hive of busy, you know, bees in the a back, busy right? Because, yeah, like, it's like, you know, we got two people back in the roaster room, you know, roasting and doing quality control. We have five or six people in the middle of the shop doing production, you know, bagging, you know, mm-hmm. blending, packing orders. And then you have the cafe folks up front. So it's always been like a fun mix of folks that attracted. So downtown's been really cool and we sponsor a uh cyclocross team the great escape cyclocross team and uh, they're always bringing folks in for rides they they sponsor like a friday coffee outside ride um during most of the year except for the very bitter months of the winter where they you know take our coffee and brew it with like camp stoves out on like the towpath whenever the weather doesn't cooperate or the towpath is flooded they'll bring the crew into the you know one of the coffee shops and you know just have coffee outside, inside.
1: That's kind of nice. Yeah. So I was looking at your website before this interview, and you guys are in a ton of different bars and and restaurants. That's yeah. pretty neat. Doing wholesale is is a great way for
0: us to get our brand out there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we're not we don't use a giant like hundred fifty pound roaster, so we do have to be a little selective with our wholesale. But for us, you know, it really makes sense to partner with other great local businesses or places where, you know, it makes sense for folks to buy our stuff. I mean, yeah. we do sell in big places like, you know, Whole Foods, but we also do a lot of, um, you know, other mom and pops folks that feel kind of like us, you know, folks like Glenn's Garden Market, mm-hmm. you know, and um, some of the local bars and restaurants, you know, yeah. so it is fun. You know, it's cool working with those folks and... Um, we don't tell too many people about this one, but I guess now we're telling everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but one of our favorite accounts, and, we you know, it's like humble brag, right? Yeah. We do the uh, Nat's Clubhouse. Oh, really? So it's super fun taking coffee into the Nat's Clubhouse. One, you get to go, like, sort of right into, like, the belly of the beast there, you know, yeah. at Nat's Park. and. Yeah, it's super fun. I mean, we kind of geek out when we go in there, you know, and, you know, you see the players. I mean, they they don't like you to deliver when it's like, you know, you can't deliver right, right before a game. Of course, yeah. you're bumping elbows with everybody trying to get ready for the field. But, you know, the folks are in there, you know, usually um, several hours before the game, just sort of like getting ready, doing their pregame routines. Yeah. And also it's pretty cool to to go in there and, uh, you know, bring the coffee and see some of your on-field heroes, you know.
1: That's and- awesome. <laughs> Zeke's is part of the pregame of the Nets, huh?
0: guess so um, yeah there yeah. it's a super cool yeah it's a super cool account to have you know I mean we're really we really feel uh, lucky to have got that
1: one you know yeah how would you end up with that that's really neat
0: yeah you know um people who work for the nationals uh, had our coffee and said oh, we should get this in the clubhouse that's and awesome We said sounds good to us yeah get us in the clubhouse yeah like sure so yeah uh, my buddy um, who the one I mentioned uh, I got him to quit his job and start this with me he's also one of our you know he does a lot of our installs he was like cloud nine that day we got to go install the equipment in the clubhouse he's like, it's he was like we're doing this personally we got to go do this ourselves right install the equipment we got to you know got to go back and you know quality control it you know so it was pretty fun we you know yeah check out that account as often as we possibly yes, could yes. right Probably every Which, game yeah, movie, right i go check that out again
1: <laughs> it's one thing i was thinking of too I've- just like having wholesale all over the city like how is that to be on kind of the other side of the table having dinner having a beer and and wanting to pick me up and then you're drinking your coffee is that Uh ever kind of a bizarre exciting feeling
0: I like it I like it and um, it's nice too because you know whenever you're doing wholesale you always want to make sure you're working with the folks that you're selling your coffee to you know so the product tastes as good as it's supposed to for them mm-hmm. um, and also can represent, you know, all the hard work that went into the coffee from, you know, the farm through the roasting and all the care that everybody has taken along the way. You know, you don't want to fumble at the goal line, right? So. Right. Make sure folks are brewing it right. And yeah, so it's it's kind of fun. I do drink more coffee in bars than I used to because, like, I'll go out to, you know, like Brooklyn's finest, right? Yeah. And now, you know, and you have a beer, and then before you leave, you're like, oh, i have a yeah, cup sure. of coffee before I go. <laughs> Check in on uh, how that's going, but uh, yeah, you know, usually our delivery folks, you know, we'll do our yeah. quality control. But uh, it is kind of fun, yeah, to see it around town. I have been known to straighten shelves up at retail locations <laughs> when I'm doing my own shopping. Because sir <laughs> Is a little crooked somebody mess these up me get these get these in order here <laughs> my kids are like oh dad what are you doing <laughs> that's funny like, so somebody messed up your coffee I'll be like, there's nothing on the shelf and they'll be like that's good dad that means people love it and they keep buying it and I'll be like but we have to get more down here I was like oh I gotta call the shop and tell them they're out down here you know in southeast but it is fun seeing your, your stuff on your, around town
1: oh I bet <laughs> your kids are probably famous at school then
0: we do uh, donate a lot of coffee to the yeah. school yeah, so they're, they're definitely I don't think they're famous I think they just roll their eyes because they're oh, like uh, oh dad has to like bring big uh, jug of coffee into the school today you know <laughs> then after school dad has to go pick up all the empty coffee containers <laughs> so I think for them you know it's really hard to impress your own kids right mm-hmm. and they're just like right 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 <laughs> but yeah but uh, yeah it is uh, It's fun Yeah, I mean it's cool to you know people want coffee and it's like it's what we do it's great to you know always have that way you can help out you know because I mean schools are always looking for like what can parents do you know like you know it's like oh you work in this or that this is how you can help our school it's like you work in coffee bringing coffee for the teachers bringing coffee for the PSA bringing coffee you know so it's fun to uh it's fun to be able to help out with something you know that that you enjoy and you know it's what you do
1: Nice. A community Uh, partner. There you go. (laughs) Speaking of community, how have – and you talked about it a little bit of just kind of the growth of the amount of coffee shops and roasters. Oh, yeah. How else have you seen the coffee scene grow? Um, And you were living in D.C. before, so just in general Mm -hmm. in the last 15 years, how has it grown?
0: it's funny you know because when, when i travel one of my favorite things to do of course is to check out the local coffee mm-hmm. scene wherever business or vacation takes me right so i go to the shore you know all those coffee shops in your shore town you you know you go out west uh, on a road trip or something you get to check out all the places along the way which has always been really fun so it's funny seeing a lot of the places i used to check out when i was in another town now opening up in dc you know i think uh Everybody read that same uh, market analysis that was like DC is like the place for, you know, millennials and like everybody started moving coffee shops to DC. So yeah. sort of seeing that DC is considered like a desirable place for tastemakers, you know, I think is, is really cool, you know, that there's so much going on here and healthy competition sort of elevates everybody's game. Mm-hmm. It also sort of primes your customers, right? So Whereas like back in 2008, when I first started working farmer's markets, yeah. you know, at a farmer's market, you might have your bag of coffee. And, you know, now now we sell most of our coffee for about $15 for a full pound of coffee. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what it was in 2008, but whatever it was, it was too much for some people, right? Because yeah. they, they come up to the farmer's market and they'd say, well, i I buy, you know, Green Mountain for seven fifty a pound and, you know, you can explain what makes your product different than Green Mountain, right? Like, mm-hmm. just like, you know, I mean, a million other products, right? Like a McDonald's hamburger isn't the same as like a Capitol Grill hamburger or something. Yeah. Right. So it's like, well, Green Mountain coffee is not exactly the same as what we have. So, you know, explaining that it was always a useful conversation. It always sort of got the ball rolling with new customers You know, now I think there's a lot more coffee competition. I think the consumers are used to a better product and, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have the sticker shock anymore because people, you know, are used to a higher end product. You know, I'm sure brewers and, you know, people in other businesses had to, you know, go through this as well Mm -hmm. as, you know. Products became more local and more artisanal. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of benefits to, you know, having a robust uh, coffee scene, and it's fun to be a part of that. Yeah. You know, and folks' tastes are always changing. I mean, when we first got here, it was funny, you know, a lot of people came up to us and they assumed they talk about how, like, if they didn't drink dark coffee, they weren't a real coffee drinker. Like, oh man, I'm, I'm a sissy. I yeah. drink the light stuff. But, uh, you know, I'm going to try some of the dark stuff, try to get up there, you know. And it's like, hey man, it's okay. You know, there's, when you roast beans, you know, different things happen and you get different flavors and it's it's all good. And, you know, then you saw the trend towards lighter roast. Everybody yeah. said, well, actually, I learned that more serious coffee drinkers drink light roasted coffee. So, you know, we saw the trends go back that way. And now this idea of sort of roasting darker with a higher degree of integrity has started to catch on, too. And just coffees that are just bigger and fuller. We have a great coffee from uh, Sulawesi right now Okay, that when someone's like, I've always drank French roast, but I want to branch out, you know, like a bean like that is a great one to show them. I mean, rather you roast that a little darker or you keep it a little lighter, whatever you do with it, you're going to pull out a really full bodied flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, you just might trend more chocolatey or more, you know, get a little bit more, you know, fruit or woody notes from it. There Um, you go. Yeah. (laughs) But seeing people just more interested in trying different things, like went from dark to light to fruity to like, and then, you know, back to, you know, sort of more robust and just people wanting to drink different things, like the same people wanting totally different coffees from week to week. One of my favorite things about working at the farmer's market, and I try to DuPont Circle Market a lot for our crew. That's one of my regular Sunday stops. It's a great place to sort of keep, you know, your finger on the pulse of what's going on. And whereas like back in the day, you had people that were just this kind of coffee drinker, just that kind of coffee drinker feel like that's what's changing now is people want something different all the time you know sort of like if if you're into beer you know you're not always drinking an ipa you know you're not always drinking a porter or whatever right so it's we've noticed a lot more of that lately where the same folks will come up and you know one week they'll say give me sort of the lightest brightest coffee you have and the next week they'll want something that has dark spicy notes to it and you know and that's that's been a lot of fun because you know sort of helping people pick something new each week and people are totally open to trying new things and you know sometimes they say "Ooh, i guess i was wrong spicy isn't what i was looking for (laughs) you know take me back i want something that's you know has peachy notes and it's okay so we'll We'll work with them, and that's kind of fun. So that's something that's sort of changed
1: lately. That's fun, ah. yeah, Just the the curious coffee drinkers, and you're comment earlier about the more coffee shops that we had in an area, kind of mm-hmm. primed people to expect a higher quality <laughs> yeah. and be interested yeah. in trying these things. So, yeah. I guess the more competition, the more opportunity, and the more educated customer, in some yeah. those, which and so yeah. And you cool.
0: know, I mean, it's the fun of it. And if you're doing it right, you know, I mean competition is yeah. not usually a bad thing not right a bad thing. you know i think yeah like starbucks primed people for paying a little more for a cup of coffee right. before we started rolling we were all talking about like seeing like our parents and our grandparents drinking folders and you know sort of like coffee was something that cost a few cents a cup right mm-hmm. you know and once you got into a higher end product back in the early 2000s there was more sticker shock when you're just like what yeah. you're, you're like, Coffee was like something you went to a diner and spent like 40 cents for a bottomless unlimited, cup, right? Yeah, and, refills. you know, you want me to spend, you know, $2 for a cup and I don't get a free refill. So, you know, regardless of the competition, how deep their pockets are, how high a quality product they're actually putting out there, there's always some silver lining, mm-hmm. right? Find that silver lining and <laughs> yeah. go
1: with it. Fair, fair. And so one thing that I didn't get to ask at the beginning, the logo. Do you mind sharing about your logo? The Crab and Bean. The Crab and Bean. Yeah, most people
0: don't notice. I got it here. Yeah, it's a coffee bean in the center of a crab. The Crab and Bean, you know, I think it – I don't know if there's a definite story behind it other than I said, you know, we began in Baltimore – and um the version I like is you know when we were getting started in two thousand five, you know, there was a certain coffee shop that was king on the national scene and, okay. uh, and their logo was a mermaid, and they said, well, then maybe oh. they've got mermaids in uh, Seattle, but in the Chesapeake, you know <laughs> you know crabs are king, so uh you know, we went with the crab as sort of the local Chesapeake Bay region yeah. symbol because you know this was local for us, and you know being in the center is so, cool, yeah. Taking on the big guys, I don't know if we're taking them on, but uh, you know we. I think it's a pretty rad logo. I yeah. like it, and you know it's you a conversation starter. There's many people with this you tattoo. Get a tattoo yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. Are yeah. you one of them? I'm not one of them, but uh, there are members of my family who have it. Yeah. All right.
1: All right. <laughs> uh, that's for the next episode. Yep. Exactly. About that. Right. <laughs> and so, if you have people visit DC, yeah, what is one restaurant you would take them to? You know, I like to
0: keep it in uh, the neighborhood, you know. I mean, our stretch of uh, Rhode Island Avenue and Northeast is... home Uh, if I was taking them out for a beer there's so many great places that we like but we might go down the street and uh, we could hit right proper we could hit the public option the folks in the public option are super cool Um, have you been there not there I think I gotta go it's the coolest least pretentious uh, brewery in DC they're really great they're uh, right down the street Um, the folks from right proper are actually on the other side of us at the DuPont Circle market so we love Thor and crew they just did a couple beers with uh, a few of our our coffees. In oh, really? It, so, yeah, just some Wh- like some, which ones? They um they have like a hexan h. Is it, I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing right because I'm not I a think beer. I saw beer. I mean, yeah, I drink beer, but I'm not a beer guy. But uh, so I don't know if it's pronounced hexan, hexan, but it's a h a x a n. So they've done it with a bunch of different coffees. They've d- done a batch with I think our Mexican Chiapas. Okay. They've also done some other styles. So that's more of a porter, a big robust beer. Yeah. Um, they also have some other stuff, some lighter body stuff. They did a really fruity one with our Burundi so yeah. Good. yeah like a more of a farmhousey kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah so they've done some fun stuff so yeah it's really fun to you know see your coffee as like an ingredient in another product yeah. right probably yeah. kind of bizarre yeah. um
1: so I guess kind of closing up really thanks for for joining us today yeah glad um, finally make it yeah in. we made it happen yeah. a team effort and um where can people find you can they order it online can they find you on instagram you know where should people look yeah, to learn at, about at zeke's
0: coffee dc is the handle we use for all the local stuff so if you go to at zeke's coffee you'll get sort of like an umbrella for our three locations so and then anything you want specific dc stuff like where to find us locally in town um at zeke's coffee dc is our handle that's probably a Probably the best way to, okay. to find us yeah
1: at zeke's coffee dc at Zeke's
0: Coffee DC, and then uh, you know we got our two spots 20
1: farmer's market so you'll bump into us somewhere there you go <laughs> and uh, close it out what is your your ask for the dc community or the dc coffee community how can they help out zeke's coffee
0: oh i mean the same as always
1: man just keep drinking local coffee you know
0: um support your local coffee shops you know like i said i mean I'd love people to drink our coffee. Yep. Know, that, that's the best. But, you know, support all the local coffee shops, you know, um, because, you know, it's a great scene. And I think that supporting, you know, one of us sort of supports all of us. You know, you're sort of elevating the local game and, you know, you don't have to buy coffee that was roasted, you know, thousands of miles away. There's a lot of people doing really cool things right here in D.C. Yeah. Yeah. So. Keep awesome. it local.
1: Keep it local. Yeah. Well, thanks, John. Thanks, Tyrone, the engineer, and 202 Creates for making this happen. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks again. And that's a wrap, folks. Stay up to date with Zeke's Coffee on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and their website. Or go visit their two locations. Find out more about DC Drip on dcdrippodcast.com and Instagram. Listen to many other episodes wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to hit up the shops we feature. A big thanks to 202 Creates, Tyrone Littman, the engineer, Broke Royals for music, Rebecca Silverstein for logo and web design, and Wesley Stuken broker for creative support. Thanks again for listening and keep brewing community.